Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your New Year's resolution? Maybe it's to finally get in shape, learn a new language, an instrument. Here's one for you. How about a new car? Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Back again for another edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister and the guest co-host here at Colin Brister. Two guests today on Talk of Champions. One is David Johnson. He works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports, for a recruit check after an all-important weekend in Ole Miss football recruiting. Also, Ross Dellinger, national college football writer for Sports Illustrated. He's at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And Ole Miss has two players in the Senior Bowl. But we'll talk about Lane Kiffin's once-completed staff as well, and also the mass exodus at LSU, and much, much more. All coming up in this edition of Talk of Champions. But first, Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? Not much, not much. I'm good. Uh, how was the weekend at the Garrett household? Oh, you know, we threw it down. Had a party. Me, my 7-year-old, 3-year-old. Just got crazy. I did nothing. Covered a basketball game Saturday night. Helped my 87-year-old grandmother get her 1988 Ford Ranger unstuck from the mud in her backyard. And both of those things resulted in me missing the memorial for my good buddy at Ashoff, which was held at the Lyric on the square. I know Ross was there. A number of my other buddies in the industry were there too. I just wanted to take a minute and say, Ed Ashoff was one of the best human beings I've ever known and ever will know. I miss him every single day. I've thought about him every single day since he passed on Christmas Eve. His fiance Katie, recently announced he had undiagnosed stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma in his lungs, which contributed along with the pneumonia to his early passing. I hated that I couldn't be there, but it didn't about me. The lyric was packed. And to me, that says it all. You will not find one person who didn't absolutely adore Ed Ashoff. I talked to him a week before he passed and you'd have never known. He was talking like he always does. Asked me how I was, asked him how he was. We talked about college football, his upcoming nuptials, all those things. 
And then a week later, he was gone. I miss my friend. But yeah, Ole Miss football. <laughs> I don't know how you transition from that to Freddie Roach is gone suddenly. When we recorded on Wednesday, late Wednesday, Freddie Roach was deciding between the New York Giants and Ole Miss. And I told you guys, Lane Kiffin was fighting for him. Ole Miss held off the Giants, gave him a bump in title, recruiting coordinator, assistant head coach, defensive line coach, also a bump in salary to $600,000. Ole Miss officially announces Freddie Roach in the completion of the staff on Saturday. They're throwing t-shirts to the pavilion crowd at the basketball game. And then a day later, he's off to Alabama. An absolutely wild weekend in the saga that is Freddie Roach. Offered a multi-year contract by Alabama. Another bump in salary. The wild, strange tale of Freddie Roach looks like it's over, and he's going to Alabama. But what a weird, weird story that turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, just just craziness. Uh he thought you had lost him, then you have him back, then you lose him again. So uh, I guess kind of Ole Miss is in the same boat as they were a week ago. Uh, they need a new coach, and you know I don't know where they'll go. They, there's a lot of flexibility. They can go DJ Durkin's coach linebackers. He's coached defensive line. I think he's coached defensive back. So you can do a lot of different things there. But, yep, looks like Ole Miss is in the market for a new coach on the defensive side of the football. Made awkward by the fact that Ole Miss organizationally announced this staff to the basketball crowd at the Pavilion on Saturday. And then Friday, a day later, rumor comes out on the Ole Miss Spirit, first reporting it from Chuck Roundsville, that he's going to Alabama potentially. Now the question becomes, what will Lane Kiffin do next? And I can tell you right now, Chris Kiffin isn't going to happen. And it's not just because of the nepotism law in Mississippi. I think Ole Miss could work around that if they really wanted to bring him back. And it has nothing to do really with the SEC clearing Chris Kiffin. I got to protect sourcing here, so I'll just simply say, it could happen sometime down the line. Right now, however, it's not going to happen. Also related, the show calls doesn't come into play here. It ran out in the fall. So that's no part of this either. So mark Chris Kiffin off the potential candidates list. I don't think Bo Davis is going to happen. Bo Davis, I reported this on this podcast a long time ago, that Bo Davis had been cleared by the SEC to rejoin Alabama staff last year. Didn't make the move. Bo Davis was a name that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss floated through the SEC this year. Didn't need to be approved by the SEC again. He'd already been approved, so he could hire Bo Davis. I just don't think Bo Davis is going to happen. I think the defensive line coach of Colorado could be a candidate. A number of different guys, but it's so early in the process. And I will say, I wouldn't be surprised at this point, with two weekends left in recruiting, if Lane Kiffin just doesn't take it into March and hire the guy he wants. Yeah. If you're not going to be able to retain Roach, the odds that uh, you can hire a new guy that's going to be able to impact recruiting is not very high to begin with. So you're right. I, I think you just you sacrifice this year and don't have a defensive line coach. Uh, for this recruiting period and, and you sign I mean unless you can get your best guy in here within the next two weeks then that's fine but the odds of that does don't seem extremely high so yeah I, I'm with you there it feels like they'll uh, they'll take it in or take as long as they need to hire the guy that Kiffin wants to hire but I'm interested in what they do like I mentioned from a flexibility standpoint do you hire a guy you know where uh, another DB's coach and deep move DJ Durkin defensive line like I mean you, you got a lot of different things you can do there so I'm interested how to see how Kiffin approaches that you can pretty much guarantee that the guy they do hire, that Lane Kiffin does bring in, is going to be a good recruiter. I think that's the only yeah. real criteria he has for his assistance, save for his coordinators. But Lane, obviously, despite the opinion of a segment of the Ole Miss fan base, valued Freddie Roach very highly. He fought for him and gave him a bump in title and raise, but he's not going to be at Ole Miss. It's crazy, but that's the world we live in right now because Ole Miss just got off of an important visit weekend. Didn't have a lot of guys on campus. I think only six, but still a star-studded group. Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country. Henry Parrish, four-star running back from Florida. He was here. He committed. You had Demond Clowney, four-star defensive end out of Maryland. He was in town. 
even met with Freddie Roach, but that won't matter for DeMond Clowney's recruitment. Freddie Roach isn't his primary recruiter. That's Chris Partridge. That's a Chris Partridge special is DeMond Clowney and Ole Miss, the sudden interest and potential marriage there. So I don't know if Freddie's departure is going to be all that impactful, but I will tell you this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. This could be a hot take. This just smells to me like Nick Saban pulling it out and slapping it on the table for Lane Kiffin. It's like he said, okay, Lane, I know you had interest in Carl Scott, or you want to talk to Taj LePoy, one of my former staffers, or you wanted to talk to Bo Davis, one of my former staffers. Well, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and that just to me is the first body blow thrown in what will be probably a pretty intense rivalry between these two ultra-competitive head coaches. And you know Lane Kiffin is going to challenge Nick Saban in every respect. And if you're Ole Miss, you want that. If you're a fan, you want yeah. that. You want him to be not backing down at all, treating Ole Miss and coaching Ole Miss as if he's coaching a national power. And I think that's the approach he's going to take. And I think Nick Saban is pretty much trying to put his flag in the ground and say, hey, my territory, but Lane ain't going to fly like that. He's going to take Ole Miss recruiting nationally, hire the very best staff he can, as he already has done, and go win football games. For him, it's a very simple formula. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's I'm with you. I think uh, I think it was Saban pushing back a little bit. You move your defensive line coach off the field after the early signing period and then hire Roach. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of uh, animosity there for sure. I want to say this, too, about the recruiting weekend. Uh, DeMond Clowney, I think, is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Zach Evans's recruitment is kind of strange. He was committed and signed with Georgia, was released, and Georgia's you know, another one of the schools that he could potentially land at this time around, but I don't think so. Texas A&M, I've heard he doesn't want to go there. LSU, nibbling a little bit, but not really. I don't know if Ole Miss isn't the only true committed school to him right now as far as the big yeah. blue bloods. He could go any number of places. But the comparable teams, I'm not sure if Ole Miss isn't the number one option or the only true committed option for him right now. So if Zach ends up in this recruiting class, that's a five-star. you got a four-star committed in Henry Parrish. you got a four-star potentially going to commit in DeMond Clowney. That's a pretty good haul so far, and I'm not convinced that within the next two weeks a bunch of other names like that aren't going to pop up. And if you're a recruiting follower, and we're about to have David Johnson on for a recruit check, but if you're a big-time recruit, Nick, and you love following recruiting, don't expect to know who all Ole Miss is chasing until about Thursday before visit weekend. <laughs> That's the way Lane Kiffin operates. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be that way in recruiting, practices. It's going to be like that with media availabilities. This is the new normal. Knowing Ole Miss's every move is not going to be the case. And I kind of dig it. Any number of guys could pop up. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, is, it, it does bring a, a suspense element, whereas, you know, with Freeze and Luke, you were a little bit more dialed in, uh, you know, from a fan perspective of who was coming, you know, each and every weekend. So uh, that, that's been Lane's thing, though, right? It's it's he he's the information that gets out it's because he wants it out and, and he's not going to do uh take kindly to leaks of any kind so uh that'll be interesting just kind of see how Ole Miss fans react to that throughout uh recruiting and and throughout the season if he's winning football games I don't figure they'll care too much though I don't look at it so much as not having leaks out there because this staff is going to be pretty accessible from a communication standpoint assistants out there his support staff the operations staff the coaches the assistant coaches they're going to be an extension of Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is not going to come out and go on every single podcast or every single radio show. In his mind, the national media, get them on your side, local media, I'll use you if I want to use you. And I'm okay with that. I don't really care. So the coaches and the operations guys, the information that does come from them in back channels, official capacities, doesn't matter. 
that'll be an extension of what Lane Kiffin wants out there. But if you're expecting your head coach to be jumping on this podcast, any podcast, <laughs> any radio show, just to come shoot the shit, it's just not going to happen. It's just not. I think we had a question for the mailbag, I don't know, two weeks ago, and somebody asked about that, how Mike Leach had been hired at Mississippi State, and he was going on every single radio show. Why isn't Lane Kiffin doing that? Because that's not how he operates. He doesn't really need us. If you're Hugh Freeze and you're coming in from Arkansas State, you need your local media a little bit more. Lane Kiffin's an established name. Makes my job a little bit more difficult, but I'm fine. But that's one thing you got to understand. Information flow is going to be a little bit different. Roller coastery, if you will. <laughs> it's just the way it's going to be. Same thing with media availabilities. Nothing was funnier than when he had his little press conference um, for the signing day in December. And one of the first things he said is, I don't know why we're doing a press conference. This is like doing a press conference at halftime. But that's how it always had been done. The Ole Miss Sports Information staff would say, okay, well, you got signing day today. The coach is going to talk. I can pretty much assure you that's probably the last time we'll have a press conference on the mid-year signing day. Is there one scheduled for February? Oh, I'm, I'm curious now. No, I think that'll happen because the class is okay. complete. Okay. But the mid-year press conference, probably not. Having a press conference for everything, probably not. <laughs> I've heard that practices in the spring will be completely open. We can come watch the wow. practices, whatever. But even so, he'll probably talk, what, once a week? Maybe? Yeah. And his assistants yeah. aren't going to be talking. Maybe you get a couple of players. So, yeah, you can watch all you want, but can you really decipher what's going on? <laughs> Can't talk to anybody. I mean, I mean, there are ways to talk to guys. You have sure, relationships, sure. but it's just in an official capacity. You're not going to have your head coach going, oh, yeah, here's our depth chart. Oh, yeah, here's our injury <laughs> chart. No, it's not going to happen. It's going to be different. Yeah. Some guys are going to have to get yeah. used to that. And the same thing in recruiting. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, make sure to leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Our latest review took that advice to heart. Five-star review said that Ben Garrett is an asshole. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Love the podcast. That's fine. I love that. That's great. Say whatever you want as long as it's five stars. Go to the Ole Miss Spirit, owenspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. That's the website that I write for, the website that David Johnson writes for. Also, a quick note before we jump to David. David and I recorded late Monday afternoon. Monday night, according to Adam Kramer of Bleacher Report, DeMond Clowney, four-star defensive end, committed to Ole Miss. I wrote about DeMond on Sunday, said that if I was a betting man, I'd wager that DeMond Clowney is going to end up being an Ole Miss Rebel. I wrote that for a reason. But DeMond Clowney, now an Ole Miss Rebel, keep that in mind as you're listening to this edition of Recruit Check. But first, let me tell you about the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year always brings about change. For you or someone close to you, that change could be finally finding a dream home. Enter the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, an innovative new development from John Welty Realty. Located just up north Lamar, blocks from the Oxford Square, the Lamar offers 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses. Only a few steps from your front door, a grocery store, brewery, shops, and other amenities. Build out on these modern open concept homes is happening, so get in now. Call them today at 662-816-2782. You can also reach out via email, hello at the lamarms.com. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. A new year has arrived. 2020 is here, and it's time to assess whether you're using the pharmacy that best fits your needs. For you, the Ole Miss fan, the only place to go is Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-thru, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years, 
Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Check that shit out. Wow. You're here... I'm here. Let's do this! It's time for a recruit check here on Talk of Champions, and the only person to do it is David Johnson, as he does every single time we have one of these recruit checks. But believe it or not, it's been three months since David Johnson has been on this podcast. Haven't talked enough recruiting, I guess. But David Johnson, he's back, he's here, and he joins me now. David, what's up, man? You mean to tell me... We haven't talked on this podcast since before the coaching change. October 19th. Holy moly. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy because Ben's right. We talk almost almost every single day, a lot of times more than once a day. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I know. But David has his own podcast, The Insiders. So, yeah, David hadn't been on since October. But now here you are. Here you are, and it's an important time because Ole Miss recruiting is hot and heavy. After the weekend, three new Rebels. Tell the people what Ole Miss did. Yeah, okay. Look, first of all, let me say this. I haven't talked to Otis Reese yet. We're trading some Twitter messages right now, trying to set up a time. Uh, he is the safety transfer from Georgia. Going to have to set out this fall due to NCAA transfer rules, but he'll have two years to play two after this season. So uh, look at that kid right there, an incredible recruit from the 2018 class. Benny was rated as the number five outside linebacker prospect in the country. Come on, sign with Georgia. He could have went anywhere he wanted to go. Has not fallen into any kind of trouble or anything like that at Georgia. It doesn't matter. He's been stacked behind some some very talented football players at, at Georgia. Been a very successful program. Uh, he's tired of waiting to get on the field, willing to set out a year uh, in order to do that at Ole Miss. So uh, I cannot wait to talk to Otis Reese. Now, the other two guys, let's start off with uh, Kenny Yebawa who is the tight end transfer from Temple. Uh, I spoke with him at length this afternoon. That story, uh, and I say this afternoon, we're recording this on a Monday. That story is on the front page of the Ole Miss Spirit right now. First thing that strikes me about Kenny, man, he's an incredible human being right off the bat. Uh, this is not a guy, you always wonder, you know, where guys come from and what their story is, you know, when they when they get into the transfer portal. Why are they leaving? Because he was a starting tight end at Temple. Playing time wasn't an issue. Kenny was just a guy who honestly was ready to get out of Philadelphia, if you will, and uh, take a stab somewhere else, maybe get in an offense um, that's a little bit more conducive to him producing at the tight end position when it comes to receptions and yardage and all that good stuff. And this was the perfect fit for him. But back to my original point about him, outstanding young man. At least he comes across that way on the telephone. Very articulate, very intelligent, and, and very thoughtful in all of the answers that he gave me with the questions I asked. Um, and uh, we broke this news on the spirit. Uh, expected to be on the Ole Miss campus on Thursday and enrolled in classes, Ben. And you know as well as I do. We were kind of scratching our head about what the Rebels were going to do about the tight end situation. They went out and found an answer there. Because it was Chase Rogers or pretty much no one. 
Well, I mean, when you look at what was coming back, everybody were everybody was a convert, so to speak. I mean, and what I mean by that, Alex Faneuil converted from quarterback. Jonathan Hess converted from linebacker. Come on, 5'11", Devon Penniman converted from running back because the room in there was just simply too crowded last fall. It's going to be crowded this fall, too. Um, you didn't have any experience. Octavius Cooley, Jason Pellerin, both gone. The only two who really ever played any meaningful snaps uh, at the tight end position in a game. Uh, they had to do something. And, and really, they went out and got the best tight end transfer pretty much on the market. I mean, he was headed to Baylor, had committed to Baylor in December. The coaching change happened at Baylor, but Kenny will tell you, hey, that didn't have anything to do with it. Um, you know, I, I, he liked Baylor, would have still went to school at Baylor, but he also had one eye on this opportunity and the fact Lane Kiffin coached the Mackey Award winner last fall at Florida Atlantic, who interestingly enough got involved in Kenny Yebawa's recruitment here. How about that? It kind of kind of deserves an assist in the fact that uh, Yebawa ended up being an Ole Miss Rebel. You know, so Lane Kiffin using all the resources, uh, the Florida Atlantic tight end Harrison Bryant saying, hey, go play for Lane. He listened. Henry Parrish commits. He's a four-star running back out of Florida. Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country, five-star prospect, was on campus. Kentrell Bullock, a commitment was on campus. What do we know about Zach Evans and the running back room, assuming now with Henry Parrish, that is pretty filled up? We'll start off with Parrish. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how good of a person I thought Kenny Yevola was. Parrish impressed me too Sunday morning at the end at Ole Miss. He walked out the door straight up to the tape recorders and he told us, hey, guys, I'm committed to Ole Miss. Will you guys hold off until I get home to Florida? Uh, I want to make the announcement around some family and friends who aren't with me on this trip. Love a kid like that, right, Ben? I mean, makes it easy. A, oh, my gosh, makes it. So uh, the two of us who were out there look at each other and go, deal. And he gives us a commitment story. Of course, we have to set on it. And uh, I had to go to uh, – a, a, a function of one of my children's last night. So Ben was kind enough on Sunday night to, uh, to monitor it and pop it up when it happened. But uh, I, again, I was impressed with him on the hoof and I'm not talking about his football frame. I'm talking about very, very sharp kid. Uh, so, uh, and, and look, I think that's important too. I mean, I, I mean the kind of kids inside your locker room, that's important. And I think it's obvious Lane Kiffin and his staff, they're putting a premium on that right now, Ben. Marcus Henderson was here. He's an offensive lineman, defensive lineman out of Memphis. Demond Clowney, a four-star defensive end, was here. I reported on the Ole Miss spirit. If I were a betting man, I'd wager today that he ends up as an Ole Miss Rebel. He's unsure of if he'll take any more official visits. Y'all didn't get to catch up with him, but those are some big targets. But looking ahead to the next couple of weekends, because only two, I think, visit weekends left, what are the big names? Who are the big targets that Ole Miss fans uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some names floating around out there. Look, I don't want to get too far ahead of Lane Kiffin and this coaching staff because uh, a week ago, we wouldn't have told you Zach Evans was coming in here, right? They're working. They're grinding. I'll say this much. I think it's safe to say the group coming in this weekend is going to be similar to the group that came in last weekend in terms of it's going to be small. It's going to have a little hot sauce in it with a couple of big names, but it's going to be a small group, maybe even a little smaller than the six we had on campus this past weekend. I think your bigger group is going to come on January 31st. I, I'm just guessing 
10 to 15. That's somewhat of an educated guess at that time. But look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend we know who those kids are at this point because we don't. You know, it's that time of the year where the sand's shifting every hour, and um, they're in a spot where uh, they got a little mojo right now. It wouldn't surprise me if they threw a line out to the West Coast or a, a line up into, let's say, uh, upper uh, Midwest and pulled in some guys we're not necessarily talking about right now, Ben. Who's a prospect that has just popped up on the radar that you think Ole Miss has a good chance with? Zach Evans. They got just as good a chance as anybody else right now with him. Yeah, because LSU, there have been some rumblings out there that they don't want to take him. Um, he was going to go to Georgia, got out of his LOI. I don't know if Georgia is going to make that much sense for him. And I've heard that he doesn't want to go to Texas A&M. So when you really start thinking about process of elimination, where else is there to go? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, he he is the number one running back in the country. Of course, you know, there's some backstory there. He, he signed a letter of intent with Georgia. They let him out of it. Uh, and now he's he's back out there, uh, you know, on the open uh, range, if you will. And uh, you're exactly right. I mean, it's kind of foggy about Texas A&M. It's kind of foggy about LSU right now. Um, you know, I'm talking to Ole Miss sources as he left campus on Sunday. You know, I'll be honest with you. I was told, hey, stay by your phone. I said, really? Yeah. And uh, I was told we wouldn't know what he's going to do. We're staying by our phone, too. I mean, so it's kind of one of those deals, Ben. I mean, the ball is in the air with Zach Evans. And uh, where it lands, I don't think anybody would bet their house on it right now. But you can bet this much. Ole Miss is definitely involved here. There were a lot of skeptics out there last week when we reported he was coming here that was like, nah. Nah, I had one guy on Twitter attack me and tell me I was just – I was a promoter. I was just trying to uh, to stir the fan base up when we first started putting out that we were hearing Evans was coming. You're going to have some more of that over the next two weeks, as I just alluded to. But, uh, yeah, Zach Evans, man. I, I mean, the number one running back in the country, five-star. What if that broke Ole Miss's way? Wow, what a coup that would be. All right, I would be remiss if I didn't bring him up. McKinley Jackson – I haven't talked to David about this off the record. I'm just going to bring it up right here. So I was talking to someone on Monday um, mm-hmm. who's directly involved with his recruitment to say that they believe ultimately he's going to give Ole Miss a visit. I still don't believe he's coming to Ole Miss. But as far as Freddie Roach is concerned, Freddie Roach was leaving to go to the New York Giants. Ole Miss keeps him. Now he's going to Alabama. We've heard over and over again that Freddie Roach and whether or not he stays or goes is directly related to whether or not Ole Miss will be in the game for McKinley Jackson. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think Ole Miss is going to get him. And I don't necessarily think that Freddie Roach, whether he stays or goes, is going to be the final nail in the coffin. There's a lot of moving parts there. But what, in your opinion, is the McKinley Jackson update? Look, man, I I mean, it goes back to the old mantra of uh, follow the visits. Okay, I don't think the kid was planning on coming on an official visit here, even if Freddie Roach was still on the staff. Period. I'm with you. I agree with 100% of what you just said. Uh, I, I kind of scratched McKinley Jackson to Ole Miss out of my mind uh, two, two to three months ago. I, I really think I'm, I'm, I'm being accurate in saying that. Um, you know, I think Ole Miss had a, a puncher's chance, if you will, uh, a Hail Mary pass to get him here if Freddie Roach had remained on this staff. I'm not discounting that notion. But uh, in the end, with Freddie Roach here or with Freddie Roach gone, I've never had a warm, fuzzy feeling about McKinley Jackson ending up in Oxford. Now, with Freddie Roach on the Alabama staff, yeah, I p- put a crystal ball into Alabama uh, primarily just because of that. Um, so, uh, 
it is what it is. I, I mean, every year there's there are guys that get chased all the way across the finish line and end up going somewhere else, and you feel horrible about it. I mean, let's you know you, you've invested two, sometimes three years recruiting a kid, and uh, it just doesn't flicker for him. I don't think he's going to end up here no matter what happens between now and then. Me and Joe Green can be hired as the Rebels D-line coach. I, I just don't think uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the one player, the highest-ranked player that's currently on commitment watch for Ole Miss is DeMond Clowney. Am I wrong? No, I think you're exactly right, and I think it is very, very likely DeMond Clowney is, is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. And even to the point that hasn't been reported – I'm going to give you a pat on the back because you've been on this and out front on this and our guy on Clowney the whole time. Oh, well, thank you. Um, the last weekend before signing day, that's the big weekend. Who do we know confirmed big ticket players on the docket for Ole Miss that weekend that are sure coming in on that weekend? Nobody. Nobody for sure. Nobody. I, I, I mean, nobody. I, I mean, it's just like we go into Thursday night before last weekend thinking Isaiah Dunson was coming and everything was looking great. And then I, I get a call 8 o'clock Thursday night from a source. Hey, Dunson's on the plane going to Miami right now. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to lay mine out there on the table to get chopped off because, uh, you know, let's be honest, there's not a lot about it. I mean, this is a new coaching staff here in Oxford and uh, we're not as familiar with their recruiting tendencies and things like that, that we have been with the other staffs here in Oxford and Lord have mercy. Don't get me reading minds of these 17 year old kids who are under an extremely amount of pressure right now. I'm just not going there. All right. Well, I brought that up specifically because sorry. no, it's I'm okay. Sorry. Leonard Manuel, I heard, transferred after the Polynesian Bowl. Florida had him on a plan. If he left, it could signal a breakup for him. He's scheduled to come in on the 31st week, and he's a four-star wide receiver. That'd be big news. Yeah, it would be when it happens. I mean, I think, or at least when we get closer to the date. And uh, listen, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I have Cam Aker syndrome. All right. Me too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to – I'm not going to ever put myself nor our subscribers – through that again i'm always going to err to the point of caution if, if i say it i mean it and i believe it 100 and um that's it i mean i mean i'm going to be honest with you. i'm going to report to you what i know but I, I am i am not going to over speculate same last one it's kind of hard to do this when we don't know all of the exact targets but is there a position out there for Ole Miss where they need to land some more bodies yeah. to really uh, supplement the roster absolutely they need defensive linemen they need defensive linemen. They need a defensive back or two. I'm just not convinced at this point, and I don't know if there's anything they can do about it, that they have a third offensive tackle on the roster. And, and what I mean by I don't know if there's anything they can do about it, I don't know if there's anything left out there in the immediate transfer portal, uh, post-grad transfer, somebody that would be eligible to play, or in the JUCO ranks uh, that would be you know, out of the package ready. At, at this point, but those are the positions I'm concerned with. Certainly not the quarterback position where everybody's all, not everybody, but a lot of people are up in arms over, why didn't we go after the quarterback from Houston? My God, the quarterback room is busting at the seams right now. Um, so, uh, but th that's what I would say. D line secondary, the tight end thing seems to be uh, resolved. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if they found an offensive tackle They'd be ready to play next fall. I will say, when it comes to De'Eric King, Ole Miss did check on him 
He was on a very truncated timeline, and it's not like these prospects don't look at the depth charts of where they could potentially transfer and don't notice the same thing that me and David do. Not to say that Ole Miss was ever all that close to landing Derek King, but they see it too. They know it too. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports for a recruit check here on Talk of Champions. Thanks, bud. Oh, thanks for having me on. We can't let this go 90 days again. That was David Johnson for a recruit check. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. And the guest co-host chair, as always, is Colin Brister at Colin Brister. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a fleet of 247 Sports. Check out Talk of Champions in iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. If you're in iTunes, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Coming up in just a second is Ross Dellinger from the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Got two Ole Miss Rebels participating in the Senior Bowl, but it's more than that. I want to hear about Ross's thoughts on Ole Miss's staff. When want to hear his thoughts on LSU, a mass exodus there, coordinators, players, they're all gone. What does he think about the defending champion? Ross does a tremendous job covering college football from a national perspective for Sports Illustrated. He's coming up in just a second. But first, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Ross Dellinger. Covers college football for Sports Illustrated, SI Now. Good friend. Hadn't talked to him in a while. Ross, what's up, man? How you doing, Ben? I'm good, man. You're in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, correct? Yep, yep. I'm uh, in Mobile for a couple days here uh, at Senior Bowl stuff, so probably my sixth or seventh year consecutive year covering this thing. So it's always good, good, uh, good relationship-building, sourcing uh, event. I was fixing to say you just can't get enough of it or something? Didn't like it the first six times? <laughs> I know, man. I know it's, uh, it's getting a little, it's, uh, it's growing on me, I guess. Uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, yeah, it's getting, getting a little bit old this year. I'm I'm not staying as long as I have in the past. Uh, not really doing much, probably writing from here, but, uh, mainly just kind of seeing some folks, you know, getting some numbers, that sort of thing. 
Ole Miss has two players in the Senior Bowl, Josiah Coatney, Benito Jones. For players that are participating, what is this week like for them? Well, you know, for for I guess for all of them, it's important. But certainly those players who are um, – and we have a lot of them here every year. Uh, those players on the cusp of getting drafted overall, uh, whether they're, you know, right on that line where they might not be drafted, they might be drafted, or those players – kind of on the cusp of like, you know, day three to day two or day two to day one or whatever. It's, it's really, really important because um, it certainly can sway, you know, uh, it, it can, I mean, it's, it's a big enough event that uh, it can sway these teams and these executives. And there's a lot, I mean, every, every NFL team is rep- <clears throat> represented here and um, they do interviews. I, I saw it's funny. You just walking through the, main hotel, the senior bowl headquarters. And you see, um, all these, you see these players, you see these one-on-ones going on with the player and a team executive or official just going on like a, a corner of a lobby. You know, and those are the most important things about this event. You know, it's not what you do during the game or even at practice. It's, it's meeting with, um, these team officials and, and executives and scouts and, uh, whatever, and, and uh, making a good first impression. Sometimes it's the first time this has ever had this meeting ever has happened between these two sides, and um, and it can really it can really sway people. It's it's an important event from uh, from that standpoint. So what you see live when they have the practices, and then of course the game televised over the weekend, it might not be as important as these things that we see in the hotel with uh, the one on ones and things like that, or. Or the things, uh, you, you know, this morning they had the weigh-in, I believe. Uh, so those things are kind of important. A bunch of scouts are there, too. So it's an, it's an interesting event that, that certainly is significant for some of these guys. Because pretty much every NFL team, if not all NFL teams, are represented there, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, everybody has got someone, if not multiple people, uh, here. What do they do as far as practicing in the week? Because you have two NFL staffs leading the practices and all of the events. For the players, what are they doing um, as far as their practice schedule outside of meeting with teams and this, that, and the other? What do they got to do? Well, yeah, practices are usually – it's like a kind of of like a normal college practice would be. It's like an hour and two hours long or so. Um, And, you know, they go through individual drills, uh, and then they get together as a – as a team and go through uh, kind of like an 11 on 11 uh, type of deal and kind of a scrimmage, you know? Uh, so it's, it's pretty normal from, from that standpoint. Obviously these guys are, are uh, a lot of them don't, some of them don't probably know each other. Certainly they haven't played with one another. Um, so it's, it's very kind of new, um, I guess for them, you know, so we see them scrimmaging <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't look like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they haven't played with one another and all that, so it's uh, it's interesting. But it, for the most part, it really is like a normal college practice. You know, they they put all these these people together and they they do the individual stuff and, and uh, scrimmages and of course around the perimeter of the field and in the press box are a bunch of scouts and GMs and even some college coaches watching their own kids. You brought up how this is an important week for guys who maybe aren't going to get drafted, aren't as high on the radar as all the players we know, like a Joe Burrow going first overall, the first rounder, stuff like that. So Benito's a good example. He was an accomplished player at Ole Miss. Jalen Hurts is another one. For you, those big-name guys that we all know from college football throughout the years, 
that have gone to the Senior Bowl, who is this week the most important for, do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, like something like Joe Burrow, he, he didn't even come. So, so there are a lot, and there's a lot of people that have passed. I mean, they, I think they've gotten around a dozen people who have either backed out of this event or have passed on it. And, and that happens every year. You, you have a handful that just, it's just not worth it for them. They're, they're so locked in and locked up, you know. Um, it, it, but, but yeah, for guys like Benito and, and things like that, you know, they, they need all they can get, all the pub, publicity they can get. So it's not just, you know, meeting and interviewing with these scouts and team executives and staffs and stuff, but it's meeting with us. It's, it's the media too. And then we got media day now as I'm about to pull in here and it, it's, you know, it's important uh, for them to kind of get their name out there and say the right things and, and, uh, and all that stuff. So um, it is, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a big event for those guys. And, and uh, you know, it, it's kind of an honor for a lot of people. I think a lot of, a lot of kids who turn it down kind of feel bad. I mean, I'm sure Burrow in a little way, in a, in a little bit of a way feels kind of bad for, for turning the senior bowl down. Cause it's, it's an honor for a lot of people and it, it is a big stage. Well, I haven't talked to you since Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin and then State hires Mike Leach. Then LSU loses everybody. Dave Aranda goes to Baylor. Joe Brady goes to the Carolina Panthers. Let's start at Ole Miss. What's your thoughts about Lane Kiffin? Also, all but has completed his staff. He's got a defensive line coach hired to make after Freddie Roach left for Alabama. What do you think about Lane at Ole Miss? Well, certainly, uh, you know, I think Ole Miss and, and their uh, – when you, when, you, when you fire a guy who's – you know, uh, from the school and, and didn't do terribly. I mean, weren't like three and nine or anything. You, if you're going to fire a guy like that, you better bring in somebody that kind of makes a splash. And in the same case for Mississippi State, honestly, I mean, they fired a guy who was six and seven. So uh, you better kind of make a splash. And boy, did both of them do that. You know, I mean, it's like uh, they they just about went out each school, Ole Miss and State, in hired the, the splashiest guy and maybe the right guy. I don't know yet, you know, um, but Lane and Leach are, uh, were up the top of the list uh, for uh, as far as, you know, big names that are out there and available and Ole Miss and state went out and got them and both kind of offensive minded guys, obviously known for their creative uh, offense and, and all that stuff. And, um, should be should be interesting, you know. Both known for doing the Twitter thing uh, as well, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, as if the uh, Mississippi State Ole Miss rivalry needed more fuel. Um, it, it certainly got it. I thought about you when it happened because you used to cover Ole Miss and Mississippi State for the Clarion Ledger. They'd send you anywhere when you're here in the state. Now you're off and you're getting to see it. And I, I'm thinking like Ross probably looked at this and went, and now now you get Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. Yeah. For sure, yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredible. You know, and I covered a lot of the team. It was Sylvester Croom and and uh, probably Hugh Freeze for a little while. I, mean, well, I guess before before Hugh and Houston Nuts, it was Nut and Croom, and so it certainly didn't have um, the fireworks. Then it became you know Dan and Hugh, I guess after Nut and, and Croom were both fired, so it became Dan Mullen and Hugh Freeze. That was a little better. There was a little more drama there. There was a little more talking there. Uh, but this is like, you know, nothing the state has probably ever seen, you know? I mean, uh, there are great stories um, with the Mississippi State and Ole Miss coaches and how they've, um, you know, uh, battled publicly with one another, going back to 
you know, Jackie Sherrill and, and Billy Brewer and all that stuff. And this is, this is going to test, uh, test, uh, it, it certainly test the SIDs at the two schools on uh, what their coach is saying at any point. Cause who knows what it could be. I've said this though. And I wonder if you agree, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are friends. So this rivalry that has been over the top, it's gone off the reservation. I think it's going to be diffused somewhat. No, I think you're right a little bit. You know, when I was up at, I was up at Oxford a few days ago and met with Lane and, and, uh, that was a topic we discussed was their friendship. They crossed over a few times um, out in, uh, out in California when, when Lane was at USC and Mike was at uh, Washington state and they had PAC 12 meetings and things like that. And they crossed over with one another a few times, I believe. And so they know each other pretty, pretty well. And uh, I think they, you know, went out for, lunch or dinner or whatever, you know, had social engagements while out there at the PAC 12 meetings and stuff. So, um, I think, um, I, you know, I think it is going to be toned down a little bit, but at the same time, um, these guys might not go after each other, but you will certainly see them, um, in, you know, be unique when it comes to, <laughs> uh, talking about, others you know and in doing some different things obviously like uh like i mentioned earlier with twitter you know um so i think uh i think you'll see some different things there you know well one of the last things i wanted to ask you about lsu i recently read a story you'd written after sitting down with david randall last month he's the new head coach at baylor joe brady um left like i mentioned for the carolina panthers the defending national champion has taken some hits this offseason ed ordron Surprised me, surprised pretty much everybody, but he's a national championship winning coach, but he's got a heck of a task ahead of him after losing so much in the offseason. What are your thoughts on LSU? Yeah, they, you know, I, I expected LSU to lose some, and that, that kind of always happens, um, you know, when you're when you're in a position where you win a national championship, yeah, a lot of times your staff is rated, and a lot of times all these guys go to the NFL, uh, leave for the NFL. That's exactly, you know, what's happened here is um, – Ed, Ed has lost a lot of guys in the NFL and lost a lot of assistants. And honestly, there's probably more assistants or at least you know, support staff people um, on the way to leaving as well. So he'll have more to fill. Um, you know, he's on the hunt for a, a defensive coordinator. That's a that's a really big position uh, for him. You know, I, I think just as important as the <clears throat> Joe Brady's role replacing him as pass game coordinator is finding a, a defensive coordinator. And uh, so that's you know, that's, that's going to be big. Uh, you know, I was talking to a, a coach this morning, not at LSU. And, um, he was talking about, look, you know, there's a lot of people who can coach a team with, with a quarterback like that, a generation quarterback. Now we're going to see, uh, what they're kind of made of kind of thing. And I think a lot of people are viewing it that way, you know, um, is, is this a, is a real sustained thing? You know, can this be a real sustained thing with, with Ed Orgeron? Who is your way too early favorites in the East and the West? You know, I um, obviously for me in the East is Georgia or Florida. I mean, I you know I don't know if this is the year Florida finally finally kind of gets Kirby in Georgia. Uh, maybe it is. I I don't know. Um, but it's probably going to come from one of them. You know, yeah, I know Tennessee's on the surge up, but I, I just can't. You know, I look at Georgia's roster and. You know, they're literally like 15 to 25 star recruits on the roster. So, um, in, in Florida, isn't necessarily like that. So they've got to kind of 
they got to do some different things and Dan does some different things. So one of those two, um, you know, as far as the West, man, it's, it's interesting. So many, so many, the big powerhouses like, well, Georgia too, but Alabama and LSU, you know, lost their starting quarterback and, and, uh, you know, Auburn returns there. So I wonder how, um, I wonder how Auburn is, is going to do, you know, I know they lost a lot of people on defense, but they returned their quarterback and all that. Um, I, I would, I would just pencil in Alabama, but that's kind of, I kind of say that every year. Um, but I, I foresee, yeah, an Alabama versus Florida or an Alabama versus Georgia in Atlanta. What constitutes a success for Lane Kiffin in year one at Ole Miss? Is it just making a bowl? Uh, you know, that's the thing is, <clears throat> I think Matt was what, um, what, what do they go, four, five and seven? Six and then? six, five or, and seven, four and eight. Okay, four and eight, yeah. So, I mean, getting back to a bowl would be great. I, I would, I would say – because of the expectations that come with Lane, um, you know, hitting that eight win mark, even if it includes a bowl game, uh, is a, is a, and probably some around the program have that expectation, you know, just because he comes with that cachet, you know, that Lane Kiffin, he won so quickly at FAU too. He did, they did such an incredible job there. Um, that, that seven, eight wins is probably more some people's expectation, but it is year one coming off of a four, a four-win year, uh, you can't expect too much, you know, and I, I think getting to a bowl is, is certainly be a step in the right direction. I'll, I'll say this, if they don't get to a bowl game, I, I would think that that's going to be disappointing, you know, to a lot of people around there. He's Ross Dellinger. He covers college football for Sports Illustrated, at Ross Dellinger on Twitter. My friend, what are you working on? Well, um, I'll have a lane story <laughs> soon enough um, from my trip over to Oxford. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly when that will, will drop and publish, but I'll certainly have a lane story that um, your your uh, listeners will probably be interested in either late this week or, or early next week. Well, next time you're in town, I hate I missed you last time, but next time you're in town, Ajax on me. All right, sounds good, man. He's Ross Dellinger. He covers college football for Sports Illustrated. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll talk again. No problem, Ben. Thank you. That was Ross Dellinger. National College Football Writer for Sports Illustrated, joining us on the Modern Woodman phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett and the guest co-host chair, Colin Brister. Wanted to talk a little baseball before we get out of here on Talk of Champions. But first, let me tell you briefly about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. 
Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at solaoxfordms on all platforms. Sola in Oxford on the Oxford Square. All right, Colin, I want to talk a little Ole Miss baseball before we got out of here. On Monday, I went over to the baseball practice facility. That's just off of Swayze Field to speak to Mike Bianco and a couple of players. Parrish Offered of the Daily Journal was there too. But Mike's the story, because for the first time in seven months since Keith Carter, then the interim AD, opted not to roll over his contract, he talked about it. Now, you could tell by his body language how short he was with his answer that he didn't really want to talk about it. But we had to ask the question, because it's been on my mind. It's been on everybody's mind. It's easy to look back at that decision in hindsight, hindsight being 2020, and say it was short-sighted. At the time, I agreed with it. I got it. Ole Miss fans wanted something done with Mike Bianco. Even the most staunch Mike Bianco defender could admit that not making it to Omaha enough only once in his 19 years wasn't enough. But even the person that doesn't like Mike Bianco at all can agree that he's an accomplished head coach. He's made Ole Miss baseball what it is. Made the postseason 16 times in 19 years. Six Super Regionals. But at the time, everybody wanted something, and this is what Keith did. I agreed with it. A lot of people did. But when you look back at it, it raises the question, what does Mike have to do in 2020? What is 2020 supposed to be? When you don't roll over his contract after going to a Super Regional, falling one game shy of Omaha, does he have to make it to Omaha this year to save his job? If he doesn't make it to Omaha, is he only going to be operating on a two-year contract? No. So what benchmarks does he have to hit? What does he have to do? What's enough? In June, if Keith felt that Mike Bianco wasn't his head coach anymore, he should have fired him. But if he didn't fire him, roll the contract over. Otherwise, you're left in this strange place, this purgatory, to where it's somewhat directionless as far as what he has to accomplish. And Mike was asked about it, like I mentioned, and he said he doesn't have any thoughts. He's only focused on 2020. And you and I like this team. We think they're going to be a good team. But what does Mike have to do? What's the directive? When Keith made the decision, he said, Ole Miss has to get to Omaha more consistently. From a long-term view, that's fine. From a short-term view, what does that mean for 2020? This roster, as much as I like it, is young. Yeah, you return Doug Nikhazy. You return Gunnar Hoagland. But what if Gunnar Hoagland is the same Gunnar Hoagland of last year? The lineup, you return Anthony Servideo. You return Tyler Keenan, one of the greatest hitters in Ole Miss baseball history. Kevin Graham hit 10 home runs last year, an All-American, freshman All-American. But it's also very, very young. You could have two true freshmen, maybe even three, in the starting nine. It's a scary proposition to expect that team then to go to Omaha. It'd be different if this team fell short. Maybe they were a three seed in a regional, weren't hosted, to not roll over the contract then. But after a super regional, now looking back at it in hindsight, doesn't make a lot of sense. Fan sentiment does come into play in decisions. I get that. But it shouldn't be the determining factor. Keith listens to all voices. Fans, big money donors, 
the top-notch decision makers in the university? What do you think? He wants to know. Lane Kiffin is Ole Miss's head football coach in no small part to the groundswell of support that he generated from fans. I think the same thing happened with Mike Bianco and Keith's decision not to roll over his contract because I don't think he wanted to fire him. Obviously, he didn't. But half measures, they don't usually work. It usually leads to something messy, as it did with Andy Kennedy. Jeffrey Vitter decided, Andy Kennedy is no longer my head coach. But he didn't have the gumption to fire him. He just didn't roll over his contract. And I'm not saying Keith Carter didn't have that gumption. I'm simply saying at the time he was the interim. I wonder if the decision would have been different had he had the full-time tag. And now that decision hangs over everything with Ole Miss baseball entering 2020. We're going to write about the baseball team, what they do, who emerges, who has to come on. But underneath everything will be the question of what does Mike Bianco have to do in 2020 to assure himself that he stays the head coach of Ole Miss baseball. That's a tough position to put a head coach in. It hurts recruiting. It hurts overall program morale if things turn bad. Middle of the year, questions will pop up. But that's the question. That's what hangs over this entire program entering 2020. Yeah, it's it's a really good point because let's phrase it like this. If this team this year as currently constructed uh, gets one win away from the College World Series, you would constitute that as, as a success, right? So why are you going to extend him now, but you didn't last year? Like, I don't know. It's a weird predicament because you look back on last year and man, in the middle of May, I mean, I don't think this is unfair. I think me and you both expected that there were going to be serious questions about Mike Bianco's job until they got onto that role, into that role in uh, Hoover. And they go on that role and host the regional and, and end their season in the super regional in Arkansas. One went short of the college world series and you know, the whole, whole dialogue changes. So I don't know. It, it, it's a weird situation. I don't think there was any world where Keith Carter could fire Mike Bianco last year. I don't think that would have made any sense in the world. But, man, I'm kind of with you in, in that situation. It feels like you probably should have extended him last year. And, honestly, if you extend him last year and this year, you know, doesn't go well, you, you, you're a three seed and you get bounced in a regional, maybe it makes more sense to not extend him this year. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you would still only have three years left on the contract, right? So I, I don't know. I think I think it could have been handled a little bit differently. And just from talking to some people and whatnot, I don't I don't think Mike Bianco really appreciated the way it was handled. So we'll see. It's an interesting spot going forward. There are ways for this path to end up in a place that isn't a good baseball team. And if that's the case, and they're not hosting a regional in Swayze Field, forget a super regional. I'm not making a super regional. If you're not hosting a regional or you're three seats somewhere, yes, that makes perfect sense. But it's easy to sit here and say that now. And I think at the time, everyone agreed with the decision, even me. But you're putting him on notice how this year. And that's what I kept coming back to when we were talking to him on Monday. I didn't say it to him. I didn't say it to really anybody. I'm saying it to y'all right now. What is the notice? Does he have to go to Omaha this year? What does he have to do? What is the benchmark he has to hit? Yeah, and, and, and that's tough. But I think what we should do here is, okay, it, we're, we're talking about not extending him. What does not extending him do uh, to the program besides not? And, I, and I'll let you answer this because I, I, I'd like to know, and, and I'm not exactly 100% sure. What does not extending him do to the program besides giving him more money on his contract? What, what are the repercussions of it? Well, I think recruiting-wise, it hurts you. And I don't think Mike Bianco can yeah. answer with a straight face, yes, they are committed to me. Right. And I completely and, and, sympathize with fans that are frustrated by lack of Omaha appearances. I get it. Same thing with Keith Carter. I get it, but if he's not your guy, you fire him. 
in complete fairness, could in in your opinion, okay, let's let's two separate scenarios. Uh, Ross Bjork leaves uh, Ole Miss on the Wednesday of the SEC baseball tournament. Um, I, I believe that's correct. Let's well, I think it was Thursday. Let's pretend they lose to Arkansas on that Friday. Don't host a regional. Uh, get put out as a two seed. Do you think Keith Carter could have made a move on Mike Bianco? Yeah. You think he could have fired him and hired a new baseball coach? Yes. Okay. Then what we're saying is completely accurate. It's either if he's your guy, extend him. If he's not, uh, move on. I don't think Keith Carter was in a position to be able to fire him. Uh, matter of fact, I know he's not. You can't fire a coach that makes a super regional. Um, if you want, if you're one of these people that wants Mike Bianco gone, by God, and you don't care how. how Better not root for one to make a super regional because there will never be a coach in history fired that finishes in the top 16. It won't happen. I learned this today. He did do it one time in 2013. Um, but do you think there's any way Mike Bianco coaches the 2021 Ole Miss Rebels on a two-year contract? Absolutely not. Okay. If he's not rolled over, not extended, don't you think he's going to go find another job? Yeah, because, you know, look, it, it, as frustrated as Ole Miss fans are with Mike Bianco, you give him 30 seconds before he can find another job after leaving Ole Miss, 45, he can find him another uh, Power 5 job real quick. And I know that everyone believes that Ole Miss baseball is the end-all, be-all, and they could go hire whoever they want. That's not true. Oof. Ole Miss baseball is a tremendous baseball program, one of the top programs in the country. But they're at a distinct disadvantage with scholarships. They don't have the same kind of money as other big-time programs like a Vanderbilt. Coaches know that. So what you would effectively be doing – and again, I'm not telling you what's right or wrong. I want to make that perfectly clear. But this situation is kind of strange going into the year. How do you talk about this? What do they got to do? What benchmarks do they have to hit? Yeah. Because you're not going to go be able to hire away Vanderbilt's head coach or no. pick a program that you think is comparable to Ole Miss. Go pick and choose whichever coach you want. That's not going to happen. You're probably going to have to hire the next Mike Bianco. Yeah, there's one coach I think Ole Miss could hire and, and maybe Bush Thompson. Yeah, because of the Mississippi ties. But other than that, yeah, you're exactly right. And Butch, I still think, would be a tough conversation. Yes, it would be, absolutely. Because coaches talk, too. And I'm sure that there are plenty of conversations happening right now amongst the coaching ranks that they say, well, if Mike Bianco is being put on notice after making a super regional, <laughs> what are the expectations for me? No, in fairness, you know, and you're right, that is the perception um, and Ole Miss fans would say, well, yeah, after 20 years. It's kind of like the thing with Mississippi State where, you know, all the people were saying, oh, Joe Moorhead got fired for going 14 and 12. No, he got fired because of discipline problems and his linebacker punching his quarterback. It's the Andy Kennedy problem. It's going to the NCAA yeah. tournament. Had Mike Bianco gone yeah. to Omaha three times in his first yes. 15 years, no one's saying a word. Exactly. He wins the game against Texas and wins the national title, which I think he does. Nobody's having this conversation. Yeah, but he didn't. That's not how it works, yep. and yep. I understand that. But this is just about this season. I don't really sit in any particular place on Mike Bianco. I'm just really <laughs> interested in knowing what is this year supposed to be. I'm curious to hear what yep. Ole Miss fans think it's supposed to be. Because from my seat, it looks like he has to make the Omaha this year or he's going to be gone. How else are you supposed to perceive it? Man, and it's uh, it's a situation, too, where next year I think is can be one of his better teams. Um, if I'm Keith Carter – Outside of missing the postseason, I just push it back out. And, and I guess we could phrase it like this. What would you do outside of him missing the postseason where I think I would make a change? I push it back out to four years simply because I don't think I keep him here on two years. And I think 2021 has a chance to be really, really good. If 2021 Agreed. doesn't go well, I make a move at that point. Agreed completely. 
That's why it's a strange place to be in. Because you didn't roll it over after last year. So with this team, if they host a regional, but they get bounced, what are you going to do? You're not going to roll them over another year? He's gone. He's got to be gone. He would leave himself. Yeah. I guess you could push it back to three instead of two, but you know what are we doing at that point? That's just unprecedented. Doesn't matter what yeah. sport. Now you can negotiate the buyout. That's what they've got to do is the buyout's gotten a little absurd from what I've heard. Uh, that's what they're going to have to do. The, the buyout's going to have to go down if, if the years continue to go out. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. A couple of other items I wanted to touch on. Brennan Chapman, who's the number two in Tyler Siski's recruiting office, he stepped down. He was going to be retained. He was retained by Lane Kiffin, but then he resigned last week. Went to Lane Kiffin's office, and I was told, just felt it wasn't a good fit. Pat Austin could become an Ole Miss. He's the one that kind of got scapegoated at Mississippi State for all the Tudor stuff that Steve Robertson refuses to report on. Uh, and he went to the Minnesota Vikings. He could be coming back, taking on a similar role for Ole Miss that he had at Mississippi State. It's a complete overhaul. And, of course, Ole Miss has a defensive line coach hire to make now that Freddie Roach went to the Giants, didn't go to the Giants, stayed at Ole Miss, got a bump in title, bump in pay, and now he's off to Alabama. Just bizarre. But what are you going to be most watching out for this week in Ole Miss sports? visit weekend and what they kind of do with the defensive line coach because i guess there are inter squads this weekend i probably will attend one of those um i don't know man it, it, it's kind of that time of year with recruiting basketball and baseball there's a lot going on so uh i guess i'll keep an eye on recruiting more than anything our dream is dead though man dear king What's miami yeah Roach, yeah yeah that- miami yeah it's kind of crazy now uh, almost did a good job getting that transfer tied in from temple Kenny Yeboah, yeah. that, that kid's going to be good. He can be at worst, Gerald Harris, and Ole Miss would be better. Otis Reese, safety transfer from Georgia. He provides some depth, going to have to sit out a year. They've done some good things, but our dream, our dream is dead. Roach <laughs> has gone to Miami. King has gone to Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, is Derek Nix the only holdover now? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Derek Nix could survive <laughs> the atomic bomb. He'd still be on the Ole Miss coaching staff. Oh, man. Good for him. Yeah. Tom Luke's still in his position. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They, they're keeping Tom Luke. Yeah. Heck, I heard that Lane Kiffin tried to hire John Miller back. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but Freddie Roach time. is gone. What a crazy, crazy weekend that was. Recruiting-wise, I think the thing I'm most paying attention to is who pops up on the visit list. It could be any number of guys that pop up. We didn't know about Zach Evans until, what, Wednesday? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You can see some big names pop up. What are the options going to be for Zach Evans? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. It's a great question because I think there's some behavioral issues that we probably don't want to get into too far, but there's a reason that a lot of people pull their scholarships from a five-star recruit. Um, So we'll see how that goes. But a running back room of Jerry Ely, Zach Evans, Henry Parrish, Snoop Connor, it's pretty dang deep. That's LSU level every single year, seemingly. Yeah, I mean, it's four guys that you, anytime they touch the football, can go the distance. So, yeah, it's a running back room that's really deep and, and can do a lot of damage within the SEC. I love Ole Miss fans. Not that I've seen it very much. But when you sign a good player, well, what about so-and-so? Like, if you sign Zach Evans with Henry Parrish, well, what about Jerry on his Snoop? It's okay to have a lot of good players. Especially at running back. Just give me as many good players as possible. <laughs> One name I've heard... <laughs> that Ole Miss is going to be really in on is that wide receiver out of Florida, Leonard Manuel. Mm-hmm. 
I've heard Ole Miss is going to be deep in on that one. He's scheduled to come in the January 31st weekend. So watch out for that one. But I'm not a recruiting Recruit. reporter anymore, and yet people ask me recruiting questions. That's why I have David Johnson on to do a recruit check. Cam Akers <laughs> retired me. I am done. Except for DeMond Clowney, because I have enough people around DeMond Clowney that apparently I've been drugged against my will out of the shadows and back into the forefront. So in that respect, I'll be talking about DeMond Clowney. This has been Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. All right for the Oma Spirit, omaspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.